your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. Joining me as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, for this special Saturday episode with the Avalanche playing on Friday night against the San Jose Sharks. Why not do a show for Saturday, kind of talk about the action? Because we're getting to the point of the season where, you know, every game always counts. Mm-hmm. But the later in the season games, you know, you want to talk about them whenever they happen. So if we got to do shows on the weekend, that's some, that's okay with me. We're Absolutely. That um, we mentioned in the YouTube opening the nicknames. I, they drive me crazy a little bit, man. I know people like think they're like fun and funny, but. I don't think they're all that creative anymore. They just add IE or Y yeah. at the end, and that's it. That's all it is. Berkey, Manny, or this is what you got to do. But that's why I've always said, like, when if Jean Luc Foodie comes up, he's already got his his last name is his nickname. They'll just, just call foods? him. Yeah, I was about to say they're going to call him Foods. Oh, God, that's ridiculous. I don't know. Somebody <laughs> needs to do something different. I know people <laughs> love him, but to me, it's just kind of. They're not even trying anymore. No. Just said why. All right. Uh, on today's episode, we're obviously going to be talking about the San Jose Sharks Colorado Avalanche game. And I mean, we're going to be talking about it until something happens. So we'll kind of wrap up today with some Claude Giroux stuff. Where's he going? It seems like it's down to the Avalanche and the Panthers. So we'll we'll kind of discuss, but Something happened in the Panthers game. Does this shift the focus for them? We'll get to that. First things first, quickly follow the show on social media outlets, LLPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show where we are live right now over on the YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when any show goes live. All right, Avs with a 5-3 to three win. And a little bit too close for comfort. They had a nice 4 nothing cushion. And then the Sharks come storming back. They pull within 4-3. to three. Avalanche eventually get an empty netter from Valnachuskin to put it away 5-3. to three. Is this a concern for you that the Avs are kind of giving up these leads? You know, the they did it in Long Island mm-hmm. against the Islanders. They ended up winning that game. They had a 3 nothing league. That the Devils game, I ended up losing that game. Here you are four to nothing. And now you let San Jose come back, get within one. And like I said, you put it away. But just the fact that you had to do that, you were on cruise control for this game for a long time. Is this a concern for the abs or, or is it just that's hockey? Well, it's almost an understood at this point. Like you mentioned, it's this isn't something brand new. And this is something I'm pretty sure Bednar knows. And like you mentioned it, cruise control. That's exactly what happened. Like the tempo in the first two periods was completely different than what you saw in the third. And they even mentioned it in the altitude broadcast. Like this team looks gassed. And you kind of felt that way. Like they used everything they had in the first two periods. And they were just trying to get out of the shark tank with a win in that third period. I don't know. I, 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 there's a little, it's a little concerning that 
and I say this with a grain of salt because the two guys that they have, they're they're brand new. They're still getting used mm-hmm. to the surroundings. But you brought those guys in. Specific, you know, one is a a roster defender and one is a roster forward. But they both play. You know, even Sturm, who is a forward, you know, he's a big guy, so he can help mm-hmm. you on the defensive end. You brought both those guys in to kind of lock down the defense, and that's my concern is that when things started getting tight that's when those you that's why you got those guys in mm-hmm. conjunction obviously with with your other players uh to really stop like the dam from cracking even more and it was it was close it was really close yep. to happening but you know and in the end it came out you know all roses but and i think as these these guys two guys specifically get more comfortable because they were I mean, everybody. I thought was all. I thought all four lines were playing very, very well. Yes. And man, like, just it's amazing what those two guys to bring in two guys for a trade, and it really changes the dynamic of those units that they're on, and it bleeds over into how the other guys are playing too. I was impressed for most of the game. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yeti report just mentioned like that both guys were invisible. I would like to say yes, but you're looking in the wrong place. Um, Sturm was 75% in the faceoff dot tonight. Hmm. That's a stat that we I haven't seen in a long that. time. Yep. And Manson, what he contributes is setting up the play. He broke up so many plays in the passing lane. He knows exactly where he needs to be. Um, Manson sets up like if you watch, it's almost like JT Comfort in the beginning of the year, how he used to set up plays. Manson does it the same way, and he plays defense very, very smart and very, very physical. Yeah. So both of those were, yeah, you might not see them on the stat line, and they're not going to show up as a three star of the night, but their con- contributions are incredible. And Sturm, like you, you know, it's his first game. So you have to and and I I don't want to say he was invisible. I thought, you know, I, I was noticing him on a couple of occasions. He had some pretty good chances, uh, had some pretty good passes. And I I would say Manson was maybe more invisible, but I'm okay with that. Mm. Like that's almost his style of play is and he even said it actually in yeah. his in his press conference. He's he said I think he even meant said invisible. I could be wrong yeah. on that, but something to the effect of I, I want to be kind of unknown out there. And he didn't mean it to say it as like I don't want to go out there and play. <laughs> he meant it as to say, like, I just I, I'm gonna go do my job and I know what my yeah. job is. And it's not to be like Kale McCarr or Nathan McKinnon or anybody like that. It's to, you know, play defense and shut down defense. And and I think he did that. And there was a couple of times where I, I kind of forgot, like, when he was on the ice and I kind of had to search for him. Yeah. That's not a bad thing, in my opinion. No. And what it is. This is this is how big this is right here. Jost was looking for his role. Sturm knows his role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's the big difference here. Like you didn't know if Joseph was going to be a top line guy, if he was going to be adding to the third or the fourth line. Sturm knows exactly what he's supposed to do, gets in there and does it. Same for Manson. He knows exactly what he needs to do. They are both lunch pail players and they go in there, clock in, clock out, 
and go home. They're incredible at what they do. Yeah, they're good. I think they're great additions to the team. Like and like you said, like he he can you can already tell uh, that that Sturm can do things that, like you said, like Tyson Jost maybe struggles to do mm-hmm. um, because he's just a bigger body. Yeah, you know what I mean, and that will get you some places in the game of hockey. Yep, it, it will. It will. Um, all right, more to get to, and definitely something that uh, Nathaniel in the chat mentioned. Avs escaped, mm-hmm. getting penalized five times. That's not what you want against a San Jose team. So we'll talk about that and other things. But first, Built Bar. And you hear us talk about Built Bar all the time. Kyle loves these new Built Bar puffs. They are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow pro- marshmallow protein bar. They are fluffy, marshmallowy, and it's not just a protein bar. It is a treat and covered in 100% chocolate. All built bars are covered in 100% chocolate. The puffs or the regular bars. They are all low calorie, high protein, and you can replace your candy bar with a built bar. Most contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your regular candy bar, which can have upwards of 250 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So go to built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off of your order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Let's get to some stats, and we'll start with the power play and penalty kill. Avalanche, their power play just had the one opportunity, and they scored on it. So, yeah, it's been it's been good as, mm-hmm. of, as of late. And it's one of those things where the team is too good for the the penalty or I should say the power play to really kind of be on the, the, the skids for too long. And when you look at it, they've been in the top. I mean, they're, I think they're eight right now, but they've been in the top 10 for most of the season. I think yeah. when the most recent, when they were kind of in like a, a lull for it, they had, uh, I think they were like 11th. I think I dropped to like 11th. And that tells you something. For as bad as it was for a little while, they only dropped to 11th. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just the nature of of special teams. There's going to be times where you're hot. There's going to be times where you're cold. And the ads went through a cold stretch. And now they're it, it looks a lot better. Yeah. And for San Jose to have the second ranked penalty kill in the league, we were one for one on the power play. And we always call that into question, which is like, but they're relatively good. And when it comes to the penalty kill, we gave San Jose every chance in the world and they didn't convert one of them. The funny thing about the Sharks power plays where uh, there were a couple of them where I think the Avalanche outshot (laughs) the Sharks a man down. Yeah, Uh, they I couldn't believe they didn't get a shorthanded goal last night because they, they were they had a lot of opportunities and Nathaniel with a good point here saying there, there was another penalty, but the F scored on it on the yeah. penalty, which I think that was Nachuskin's first goal. Um, so yeah, they could have had another one, but that was negated because they scored a goal. So that's fine. Yeah. I, I like delayed, uh, delayed penalties should also go in a category with like that weird first five seconds after it goes back to even strength. Like they're they should both yeah. be in a category where that can kind of count towards category. a power play. Yeah. 
So I, you know, special teams, you don't want to give up that many penalties, uh, but when you did, you you shut them down. So yeah. that that's always good to see. Uh, the goals scored. Where's my stats here? Okay, so you had Kadri. Uh, scoring the first one of the game on the really nice redirect. Mm-hmm. That was the power play goal um, from from Miko Rantanen. Incredible redirect there. That was that was really really pretty. And then you had Darren Helm. What got up his butt, man? Because he was everywhere in that first period. He kind of went came back down to earth within the game and kind of let me see how many uh, how much ice time did he have. Uh, Darren Helm, th- just shy of 13 minutes. So, I mean, he was, he was he everywhere. Was a, he was a man possessed and he, and he actually had a really pretty goal. It wasn't just a, uh, you know, Olay kind of type of goal. He kind of broke up a play. There was a little bit of, uh, you know, nobody could really gain possession of the puck. He just came in, stole it and, and had a really nice roofed shot. Yeah. I was impressed with him. He was looking good. He was playing a 200-foot game for all 13 minutes he was out there. He was everywhere on the ice. He was converting, making plays. He was he was playing so good that I was like, you know what, Landy? Just stay gone. <laughs> we have a new captain. <laughs> yeah. Right. He was, uh, he was incredible. Oh, there's a comment for you. He knows his days might be limited. They trade for four. I, I guess you know anything is possible. He he could be involved in something. I don't know. I just feel like they they like him. They got him for a reason in the off season. Do they want to kind of unload him right away? I look if it's and we're going to talk about Drew in a, a little bit here. But if he's the sticking point of pulling the trigger on a a bigger player, or big bigger you know splash of a trade, you're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Is he what? the flyers would want in return i don't think so i think they want something a little bit bigger than him could he be one of those like maybe minor deals yeah but i don't think the abs are doing that anymore i think they made they got one more deal left in them yeah and it's either for drew or somebody else that big so uh but you never know you you absolutely never know on the trade deadline so it it, it could be he could be on the block somehow yeah and and that little that Joe's move kind of shook things up a little bit in that locker room, and you could kind of, you could really feel it. You're right. You're right. Yeah, the guys. The like I said, all four lines were really playing well. Mm-hmm. And is, is that does that give guys a little bit of a sense to say, like, look, like nobody is protected here? Well, no, than, you know your your usual suspects, <laughs> but the 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 bottom six and you know n- nobody's protected here so yeah we got to step it up a little bit and i think you definitely saw that um you know the guys that that have no worries about going anywhere your your camel cars of the world what a goal by him oh just a, a like the dude is putting together a highlight reel package for a career in one season <laughs> i know it's insanity and that that i'm telling you if you watch that you might think he was just smacking at the puck. I can guarantee you he was not smacking. That was planned. It, it looked like a, a slap, but it was a, and I put on Twitter, it was a quote slap shots. Like yeah. every stretch of, you know, every stretch of the definition. 
he he knew what he was doing right there. It wasn't yeah. just me just slap my stick at the puck and hope to get it towards the net. It was incredible, incredible. You and uh, again, you see more of Kale McCarr knowing exactly what he wants to do, going out there and executing it. Like he he like snaps into this mindset where he's like, "This is on me," and he gets yeah. it done. What, however, he envisions it, that's how it gets done. It's awesome. And he's somebody tweeted like, "This is Kale McCarr doing Kale McCarr things," but like I said, he just keeps expanding what that could be. Yeah. There's no like, limit to what that is. Like, what does that mean now? <laughs> yeah, it's that is such a broad term now because Kale is doing things that you di- can't even like dream of now. Like, it's just mind blowing to watch him. And we're not even done with the season yet. And just imagine what this Kale McCarr will look like in the playoffs. Mm. It's just, oh man, you're right. I'm excited for that. Yeah, because you know he's really going to turn it up even another yeah. notch. So. Three more points for him on the night. Gives him 69 on the season. Nice. Um, very nice. Uh, and interestingly enough, um, the, the, the it's on my score app and on NHL.com. You, you pointed it out that they haven't changed it yet, but they have Ryan Murray as the second star of this game. If Eric Carlson as the third star, Ryan Murray as the second, Kale McCarr as the first, I think someone hit the wrong checkbox on that. Uh, maybe it'll get changed, but I mean, how why, how could you not put like Valden Chuskin in there with having a two goal game? I don't know. I I don't know, but good on you, Ryan. Uh, yeah, I mean, three block shots, I guess is that's enough to get you a second star in San Jose. <laughs> Just imagine if this was in uh, Vegas. <laughs> Get first star in the arena named yeah. after him. <laughs> or if it was in uh, Nashville, you get a banner. Three <laughs> shots. Um, the Sharks did have a goal reversed, so that helped the Avs. That's two games in a row where the Avs uh, utilize. They are really good at that, and that can't yeah. be understated of challenges most of them go the way of the avalanche because they are Johnny on the spot with, um, you know, kind of, I don't know the guy's name. They, they say his name all the time on the, on the broadcast when they challenge. Yeah. Him. And he made third um, star one game. I can't remember. You're right. He did. He, he made. Did, yeah. I so cannot he's remember. Gotta, he's got to quickly watch those plays and then, you know, let the bench know. And, uh, he did it again. Did it again. Um, what is it? I can't remember his name, but oh, it's going to bother uh, me. Nathaniel Sharks charge. Uh, Francois a ton in the game. I'm surprised nobody fought um, any other any other Sharks. Well, you had the one McDermott fight. I don't even know what brought that on. Uh, the one the one goal that was reversed. Uh, and I even put it up on Twitter. There was multiple reasons why that goal shouldn't have counted. One, because it was offsides. Mm-hmm. Two, because it was goal interference, and it really shouldn't have counted anyway. And three, and this is a little bit me just kind of like being annoyed at something. About a minute earlier, you the, the refs blew a really quick whistle. Yeah, they did. That what you know that puck was not stopped. And you know what Francois had. That puck, and even though his puck was not stopped, it was stopped longer than the one that mm-hmm. they blew earlier. So there's three reasons why that goal shouldn't have counted, and you know, take your pick as to which one why it shouldn't have. But um, they challenged the right one, 
and uh, which is the only one they really could challenge. I don't think you can't really challenge a penalty. So yeah, um, and they got it right again. And to Nathaniel's point, not only were they physical on Frankie all game long, and no fight becoming of it, no, Frankie also stayed healthy. Yeah, you do you, get a little nervous with him when he's contorting his body. Yeah, because everybody forgets like he's yeah. back from an injury assignment. Like you yes. got to be careful. You do kind of hold your breath. Like please get up, please get yeah. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for the record, and I and this is another thing I put up on Twitter. Like I am so sick and tired of these like tit for tat penalties. Yeah. Uh, JT Comfort did nothing. Nothing. He got a little close to to the goalie. Fine. If you want to pull him away from that, that's fine. But who was it that he had the penalty with? Um. Oh, Vlasic. Oh, who yeah. who just pulled? He. Yeah. The the goalie stopped the puck. Comfort was right there, right in his grill. And I get it. You want to pull him away from that? That's fine. But the dude did not let up. JT Comfort didn't do a thing. Yeah. He didn't do a thing. And he gets a roughing penalty. If you're going to call that roughing, you have to call every single hit in the game roughing. Let's see. The Avalanche had uh, 11 hits on the game. There was 11 roughing penalties in that game, if that's the crap that you're going to call. And that's that's the problem that you get from uh, refs when they try and control the game and try and get out in front of it. That's not the way you do it. And like when you try and go like matching minors, like you're trying to take the physicality out of the game, but then you put yourself in a corner when it comes to the rest of the game. You can see how it was called the avalanche way the rest of the game. Like yeah. y- you can't, you can't officiate the game that way because no. you really skew things. Well, and, and, and that team learns nothing. No, that, that team just says we can do this and we'll both get penalties and I'm okay with that. Yeah. If you give the one guy who started all of the nonsense, the penalty, Maybe he thinks twice about hurting his team again, but they're yeah. not doing that. They're just saying both of you guys go into the I, I, that drives me crazy. Drives me crazy. All right. Uh, let's hear from Bet Online and then Claude Giroux because mm. why not? Uh, but it is that time of the year again. How's your bracket doing? And doing all right? My final four is still intact. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't say I put it up on uh, social media, but I didn't say it on the show. I went with Purdue. To win the entire thing, so we shall see. But we are obviously talking about college basketball's big tournament. It is finally here, and I think all the first-round games are in the books. So from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for you, all of your sport betting needs and info. And it remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news for this season. And it's not just college basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your va- favorite Vegas casino game. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That's betonline.net, where the game starts. Claude Giroux, still technically a flyer, is not traveling with the team. I think they're going up to Canada. And he's not traveling with them. So a deal is coming. And it seems to be down to the Avalanche and the Panthers. Some people are giving the Panthers the little bit of the lead in that. But a lot of people are saying, you know, don't count the Avalanche out. Everything that I've seen is, you know, both teams have their best offers on the table. And it's 
basically up to Claude Giroux what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. So you had in the uh, so much, and I love it. So much stuff is going on and being said on social media and in the news and in the media. And some people are getting kind of like annoyed for it, but um, I I love it. I love the conjecture. I just love the guessing and see what happens. So you had in the Panthers game Friday night, Aaron Ekblad go down with a injury, which looked pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Does this change the dynamic now and where Florida needs to kind of maybe focus on a defenseman? I don't know what they have. I don't know like their their depth and, you know, any prospects that they have or any of that stuff as far as like somebody could that could replace him. You can't really replace him. Do they change course now? Well, the thing is, it's uh, Claude Giroux is holding the keys to this move on where he's going and who he's going to agree to. Um, After the games that you saw last night, if I was Claude Giroux and I saw Ekblad going down and I'm trying to make sure this move is going to be a cup contending move, Ekblad going down does not make me feel better about this. Seeing Kale McCarr go off like he did, you're like, you know what? Maybe this Colorado team, I might... But, it's, but he, he knows that, though. He knows, like, these are both. He can't lose either way. You know what I mean? That's true. And, like, he he's had his comments out there about being on whatever power play line or didn't want to be on the third line. But now Florida has a little bit of thinking to do because they have to also, they have to get their team going again. Like, they have to replace mm-hmm. Ekblad because what that looked like, he's going to be out for a while. And... Hey, Jack Eichel, he's back hurt again. So Vegas is like their gamble that they made might look like a big bust. So Ekblad is like you can't Florida can't make that same mistake. And Claude Giroux can't make a mistake on where he's going either. Colorado's sitting there and with Giroux sitting there and just kind of playing hands off for a bit and just kind of playing with both teams. I think it's actually swinging things back to Colorado's favor. Good. I mean, you don't really, you don't know his thinking, you know, his mindset. Like I I just kind of feel like he, if he is favoring the Panthers, it's because it's on the East coast and the dudes lived on the East coast for as long as he has. And he doesn't want to move that far away. And the Panthers are maybe his best option to stay on the East. Uh, Apparently he's turned, down offers from the Rangers and the Bruins doesn't want to go there. So I think it is, I think it's, you know, your your avalanche, if you want to go out West uh, or if you want to stay in, you know, the East coast and go to sunny Florida, you're good with either selection. But yeah, I think the Ekblad things does throw a wrench into Mm. it. It's interesting. And, you know, for the Avs, and, you know, just put a, a comment up, from someone on, up on uh, YouTube that you know, he says, are you prepared to lose Giroux and then make no big moves at the deadline? Um, yeah, I am prepared for that because uh, they don't need Claude Giroux. It'd be nice to have him. And do I think the abs are just going to turn around and make like a, a, a hasty deal because they missed out on Giroux? Not at all. I think it's, it's Giroux or nothing. And, and, or I shouldn't say that. Giroux is the big fish that they want to get. 
if they don't get him, maybe they make uh, another small minor move or something like that. Nothing to the level of of Drew. And and I wouldn't have felt this way a week ago. I would have felt like there's if, if they can't seal the deal with Drew, then they'll find somebody else in that caliber. But I just feel like all these names are coming off the board. Um, and and I don't think the ads really have much interest outside of someone like Claude Giroux. Or, I mean, like I keep throwing up uh, Chikrin, but that's on the defensive end. That's the only guy that I would really want, just and that's for selfish reasons. I don't think the ads are really that interested in him. I like that um, I think it was X Stu said, are we prepared to lose Giroux? It's not going to break my heart if we do. No, you know, it's not. You know, I, no, I'm not. Look at this. Him so well. Yeah, look at the standings. We got 93 points without him. I'm fine with him. And the two like, moves that they made were necessary moves. Yep. Like like Giroux is Drew getting him on this team is a similar move to the two moves that they just made. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to compare skill set. Yeah. I'm, com- I'm trying to compare need. Yeah. And, and 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 want. And that's what Drew would bring. The same thing that they did, you know, with Manson and Sturm. Yeah. It's, it's just a fact. So um, this is like yeah. the Avalanche are a Porsche right now, and Giroux is the option to have a like a convertible top. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice, but we could still drive it. Um, would Giroux be on the second line when Landy gets back, or would he hop to the top line and Landy remain on the second? You know, man, like I, yes, yes to who knows because and that's that's the beauty of it is they can do whatever the heck they want to do, and there's no wrong answer. Yeah. Um, I liked Landeskog on the second line. They brought Burakovsky up to try to, you know, jumpstart him, and it worked. Nichuskin was on the top line against San Jose, so, and, and you got to throw him in there mixed the mix too. You can do so much stuff if you bring him in. That's what makes it more dangerous. That's why we want him because you have all of those options. If you wanted to keep the big three together, you could do that, mm-hmm. and then you can put Giroux on on, on the third line if you wanted to. You could have him center the third line, and then you have Kadri, who's good at faceoffs on the second line. You have Drew on the third. Like you could bring Drew up to the second line. You could bring Drew up to the first line if you want to, and do like he's saying and put keep Landeskog on the third line, put Burkowski that or keep Landry on the second line, bring Burkowski down to the third line. It is a a a just mind blowing riches that the Avalanche would have if they yeah. were able to bring him in. And I think that's honestly, I don't see him falling below line two no because but, but it wouldn't be for for you know demotion reasons it'd be like dude we have claude Giroux on the third line yeah good luck other team yeah it's nothing to do with that if he's playing poor or not it's they're that much more dangerous you have so much you have to prepare for if you're the opponent yeah it's you crazy. can all you can really do a lot of mixing and matching and almost have three super lines where you have that two where you have kind of Nate and Miko and whoever wants to be up there and Gabe on the second line, you could do that with three and have three super lines. And then who knows what you do with the fourth? Like it could be a kind of good line. It could be a line that beats Buffalo every night. You never know. (laughs) No, it's, and like I said earlier, like that's why we want them. It just, it just makes you that much more of a dangerous team. And why would you not want that going in? Mm -hmm. If you don't get them, you're still a dangerous team. You just, you know, you got to fight a little bit harder. 
So we'll see. I think this gets sorted out over the weekend. This is not going to go on for too long. I think I think he wanted a day to enjoy all of those like festivities that they gave him for his 1000th game. Mm-hmm. Take Friday off and it wouldn't surprise me if Saturday, you know, he he makes a decision and, and we hear something. So stay tuned for that. We didn't do sound check, sir. We have to get our sound check in before we end this thing. So uh, our songs that summarize the game against the San Jose Sharks. Follow the uh, playlist on Spotify as well. Just search LOPN Soundcheck. Go for it, Kyle. Easily my favorite band of all time, Pantera. I feel like you say you have a favorite band like every time we do. I'm that. hope I'm I'm hoping somebody <laughs> can keep track of it. Everybody's like, wait a minute, no. <laughs> But no, Pantera is easily my number one. I have like my guitar is Dimes guitar. Like Pantera mm-hmm. is my number one. But the song is Clash with Reality. Especially when it comes to that third period, like it doesn't it's not enough to be good. Mm-hmm. You've got to be great. And yeah. the Sharks came back and punched you in the mouth. Clash with Reality. The lyrics right. also speak a lot to that yeah. that vibe. I like it. Um I've I've done a lot of metal the past week or so for my my sound check so i am we are on polar opposites today my friend and for me like probably you know there's always a battle between who's my favorite band of all time going between audio slave because chris cornell is a god and i grew up like the band that got me into music when i was a young little maselli was rem Ooh, and they and maybe one of my favorite albums of all time is uh, the New Adventures in Hi-Fi. Mm. The very first song on that album, the Avalanche did not lose a game against the West Coast California teams this year. So the first track on that album is called "How the West Was Won and Where It Got Us." So that, sir, is my uh, sound check for the day. Very just slow, like brooding, melodic song, the way only REM can do. Uh, so you are going dime bag, just, you know, thrash metal. And I'm going the uh, calm, cool, collected REM from the mid 90s. So mm. go follow that set list on uh, Spotify. All right, everybody, that will wrap it up. Uh, Amy's got so many favorite bands of all time. Hurry up, Amy. What's your favorite band of all time while we're wrapping this thing up? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to know. Oh, the Yeti report's going with High Voltage from Lincoln Park. Good choice. Good choice. Let's put that up on there so we can see it. I like it. Um, all right. So that will wrap it up. And we got the weekend off. And then Monday, first matchup with Mr. Connor McDavid. Never heard of him. No, I think he's. I think he's going to be okay. Uh, yeah. Good, yeah. Is he? Is uh, he new? I have to do some scouting. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, you cannot beat Tool, man. Tool is, you know, fantastic. All right, we could talk about music. That's a whole other podcast for another day. So uh, that'll wrap it up for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, everybody over on uh, the YouTube talking, and uh, yeah, thanks for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. We'll be back on Monday, and we'll kind of prep you for the uh, Edmonton game and then talk about the Claude Giroux trade. And I'm just pretty much going to throw that out there that it's going to happen over this weekend. Yeah, Fun times ahead. All right. 
Thanks for tuning in, everybody. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, and I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys Monday. Go, Abs, go!